Hey everyone, this is Pav's Table Talk, and today we have a special guest, Brayden, here with us. And today we're going to be going into microfarming and how it's going to lead us in the future of space travel. <laughs> okay, Brayden, so can you please uh, tell us exactly what is microfarming? Okay, well, hello everybody. Um, first, I just want to say microfarming is something that's been around for 20 to 30 years now, and it basically is growing small sprouts called microgreens um, for food. Okay, so what, what essentially is microfarming for people that don't know, you know, they're not too familiar with this terminology? Right, so microgreens are just a classification of small plants. Um, a lot of different varieties, including broccoli, radish, sunflowers, green pea, and they're eaten as sprouts. So if you've ever had alfalfa sprouts or bean sprouts, you might have put them on your soups or sandwiches. It's the same idea with microgreens. It's just with a lot of different varieties of plants. Okay, so uh, what's the difference between, let's say, like a full-grown plant versus um, a micro plant? Right, so when we're growing microgreens, we're growing a lot of that particular vegetable. So when we're talking about broccoli, I'm growing up to a thousand broccoli seeds per tray. Wow. That's okay. 10 yeah. inches by 20 inches. Okay. Um, when you're growing a full grown broccoli, you need at least four feet for one broccoli plant. All right. And what about like the nutritious value of these microgreens? Right. So a lot of people have done some research on microgreens and what exactly their nutritional value is. And it's different depending on each green. But for okay. instance, broccoli microgreens are 40 times more nutritionally dense than their full-grown counterpart by weight. So if you have a one gram of full-grown broccoli versus one gram of microgreen broccoli sprouts, you're getting 40 times the vitamins and minerals. Okay, so what, like, um, so I understand that. And this whole idea is like, it's, it seems good. But like, what's the step further from this? Like, what what's what makes microgreens special? Why emphasize this whole production of this sort of you know gardening? Well, I think it's really easy to do for one thing, and then I think a lot of people maybe haven't heard about it, but would be surprised to find out how easy it is for them just to grow it inside of a place like a garage or even outside. Whereas a lot of people may have difficulty gardening, this is something that anyone can do. Could they, could microgreens replace vegetables entirely? Like a full head of broccoli, could it be replaced by broccoli greens? Yeah, I think it is possible that in the future, uh, our farming techniques will be restricted to space. So we wanna try and grow a lot more broccoli sprouts than for instance, a full grown broccoli head. Because it okay, just takes yeah. way more energy and time to grow a full-grown plant. And um, can you use any plant towards a microgreen, or how exactly does that work? You can use just about any plant that has seeds. So if you want to grow uh, squash, for instance, you could grow a squash microgreen, as long as you're eating the squash plant when it's at its smallest. Okay, right. And um, so like in terms of this whole... You know, like, we'll just call it micro farming for now, okay? Um, does it have upside in the future for us or what? What do you think? 
Well, I know we were talking a little bit just briefly before we started this podcast about the possibility of using micro farming <laughs> in space travel. So if we wanted to eventually go to other planets, for instance, we could end up using micro farming as a way to create food for ourselves when we go to other planets. Okay, so so say essentially say we're in the uh, a mission to go to Mars, right? And we have to sustain life on Mars, right? Do you think producing microgreens would be more efficient and more reliable than having to grow a complete plant? Yeah, absolutely. I think that if we wanted to try and grow a whole head of broccoli in space, think about how much lighting we would need or how much space we would need. And when you're in a spaceship, you really don't have much space. Okay, okay. And then, That's so, ironic. It is, yeah. <laughs> you're in a spaceship and you're limited by the amount of space you have. Yeah, you have all the space around you, yet you have no actual space. space. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, these, this is actually fascinating to me. So, you know the whole time period, right? How long, say, for example, we're using broccoli. A um, microgreen for broccoli takes how long to be ready to eat versus a, like a whole plant? One week for a microgreen. Okay, and then how long would a whole broccoli take to grow and eat? Most likely about 116 days. And 120 days. 120 days? Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it sounds like it's just positives, right, for this whole micro-farming. Are there any drawbacks to it? I think if you don't do it right, you can have issues. And with, what, do, what do you mean by don't do it right? Well, if you don't grow it in a place where it's getting sufficient light, or if it's not getting watered properly, or if you have lots of contaminants in the area where you're growing, then it could become something that's not beneficial. But, I mean, that could be towards any plant that's not grown from microfarming, but exactly. or any other thing, right? Yeah. You're always going to have the drawbacks to it. Okay, Okay. say we're an example where we're in Mars, okay? And we want to sustain farming. Does Mars have the conditions that we need to, you know... Like, have human life exist on that planet, or what? Well, I mean, currently, no. From my opinion, it's been very limited. But, I mean, we could definitely see ourselves growing food on other planets like Mars. And I think we'll have to figure out a way to do that if we want to, as a human species, build other planets okay but so microgreens aren't limited to having to be outdoors in the environment that humans are limited to mm -hmm. the thing is microgreens can be grown indoors under lights right artificially in the sense of using non-sunlight yeah. but still using full spectrum lighting that yeah. mimics sunlight right so it's essentially tricking the plants into believing that they're under sunlight they're still right. producing nutrients and vitamins yeah but yet they're not necessarily outdoors. So right. we could easily grow these plants in a very controlled climate, like a shipping container, for instance, or like a small capsule in a spaceship. Right. right. This, the great thing about this whole idea, and I don't know if many people have thought about this, although Elon Musk, his brother, I don't know if you know, he's started a company that's growing vegetables artificially in shipping containers in New York City. Really? I had no yeah. idea, man. And Elon Musk has been getting his brother to do this so that they can eventually 
under, I'm, I thinking is that they'll be able to do this in space eventually with SpaceX trying to make moves into moving into space and doing more rockets and doing Mars missions. I believe that they're working on ways to figure out how can we grow food for astronauts for prolonged space travel. And this is a real problem that we're having in space travel. How do we actually allow for space people to travel for three months at a time, four months at a time, right. and keep them healthy? Yeah, because we're sending them up there with like prepackaged and limited amount of food. And once they're out, then that's it. Then they're out. Yeah. So this is where microgreens is great because you can produce a vegetable that's yeah. fresh, very nutritional, and you're only having to bring a package of seeds mm -hmm. and a tray and a little bit of water. Right. So the biggest thing I think we might have forgot to mention is it's actually the seed of the pre of, of it's a precursor of the whole vegetable. We're just cutting it off early, as you said before. So yeah. if you have a broccoli head, it's still the broccoli seed. But we're just harvesting it before it's become the full crown itself. Exactly. That race. So that's literally just the first spreading phase. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you know, when growing, you say you eat, you know, a few of them. How do they, how do you grow them again? Like when you're in space, you just have more seeds for supply or. I would imagine that if we're bringing food with us into space anyway, Packing along seed isn't going to be any more of an expenditure than bringing along, say, beef jerky or frozen macaroni and cheese or okay. whatever we're bringing. But right? but essentially, you know, plants, they need to, you know, fertilize each other and grow again. But how are you going to do with these microgreens when you're cutting them off at such early stages? Well, once you cut it, it's over. The, the lifespan is done. It's not growing back. So exactly, how are you going to sustain it if you're cutting them off before phases where they become mature enough to fertilize with other plants? Well, the intention here isn't to grow more plants from those seeds. The intention is just to take seeds, which are a very dense object, and take up very little space and turning that into food that we can actually eat. Because if you just took a handful of seeds and ate it, you would get some nutrition from it, but you would not get course, nearly right. the nutrition that you would get from it after it's sprouted and after right. it's been growing for a while. Right, but my, my question is, is like, you're on Mars, okay? And you have microgreens. How are you going to sustain it for a long period of time? You can't if they're not germinating, you know, reproducing, fertilizing, etc. But you made that point that even if you had left, like you had one sprout left over, and then I grew into a full vegetable, so one broccoli grew in, you just produced one broccoli, then you get all the seeds from it. Exactly. Right. And that's what I'm doing on my farm here. Yeah. And I'm growing microgreens indoors, but then I'm taking those same plants and putting them outside to grow crops for seed production. So I can do the whole process right. again. Okay, so um, I understand you're passionate about this stuff, but why should the public be aware? I think food is so central to all of our persons. Like, okay, everyone eats and everyone wants good food. But the problem is that we don't have a lot of good food available to us. And... Growing your own food is a way to shortcut the whole process and give yourself the best quality food that you can get and as fresh as possible. And I think that a lot of young people our age, 20s, mid-20s, 
late 20s, are not very interested in growing their own food. They're more preoccupied with other things in their life, and so they should be. But for me, I'm super passionate about this because I see the right. value uh -huh. in eating good quality food, and I see the value in growing my own food mm -hmm. so that I can actively take care of my own body. And I would love if I could help other people feel inspired to also grow their own food or eat their own food that they can grow. And at the very least, I'm growing my own food. If people want to buy my food, then I'm more than willing to provide high quality, local, fresh food for them. I got to ask, um, so you know this whole microgreen thing, are there some restrictions on what you cannot you know, farm at an early age and eat? Well, it gets a little bit dicey as soon as you want to start selling anything like this, right? Okay. So, yeah, you need to have a business license. Right. Um, and you need to be sanitary about it, and you need to follow best practices. Okay. But in terms of the Canadian government, there is no regulations for growing and selling microgreens. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. And in fact, it's classified as a vegetable, which it is. Right. Yeah. And there are no regulations for selling vegetables to the public. If you're an agricultural institution, like a large farm, you may have some situation where you have Fraser Health or some sort of local authority coming to you and inspecting what you're doing and making sure you have best practices. Okay, right. But there's no actual license on paper that's telling you you can or you cannot grow vegetables for sale. So anyone should be able to grow vegetables indoors or outdoors on their own property and have no government bottom Yeah, and have free trade amongst it. Mm -hmm. right. right. Um, is there any like ethical concerns with this whole idea of like micro farming? I'd say this is maybe one of the most ethical ways of eating food. Okay. I feel like there are very little drawbacks to growing your own fruits and vegetables in the first place, let alone growing very high-producing, fast-producing microgreens. Okay, um, see, in terms of not just humans, but other species that are, you know, strictly vegetarian, that we farm, for example, let's say cows, okay? Mm -hmm. And we want to expose them to certain strains of plant. Mm -hmm. Would this offer a new way to maybe, like, you know, it has quality of meat in terms of like, you know, the quality of nutrients that they're taking in. Right. Yeah. So if you look at what makes a good quality of meat, have you guys ever looked into that? Not too much. You want to get carry spine? Yeah. So have you ever heard of Wagyu beef? No. Wagyu beef is Japanese cows that are bred specifically to make some of the best quality steaks in the world. Right. And they have this insanely highly textured marbling of fat within the meat structure okay and you will look at the steak and you will see the veins of fat deposits within the meat itself right. and that lends itself to a delicious flavor when in the steak yeah and what happens is when that wagyu beef cow eats a lot of good quality grain and good quality grass it's being fed its natural diet and it's actually getting quite fat. And that fat is naturally depositing in the meat in a way that makes a really flavorful okay, beef cut. Okay, right. Um, I was always so, told, sorry to interrupt you, but like uh, in terms of like the whole you know meat thing, um, depending on how you say you execute, execute the cow, right? 
if you do it when it's stressed, its muscles are going to be full of adrenaline and it actually makes the meat taste, from what I heard, like bad. Tough. Tough. Yeah. Um, that is true. So, like, where you like, you know, you talked about what was the name of this beef? It was a wag- Wagyu. Wagyu. So, these cows are exposed to, like, good nutrients? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, these cows are taken care of like children. Right. And then, so how is the meat produced? Are they, do they, like, execute the cows in a civilized manner? Do they wait till they're old? Yeah, I'm not sure how they execute them. Um, that would be an interesting thing to look into. Okay. However, I do know that they give the cows massages. Wow. <laughs> really? These cows are treated like royalty. Yeah. Crazy. They're fed beer. Right. And they're given massages. Wow. By the they're fed that, beer? They're fed beer. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. So could microgreens realistically replace beer being fed to cows? Well, I, I feel like what I'm saying by telling you about Wagyu is that what you eat is what you are. Right. And that is so true. And a lot of people don't really think about it. They just eat what's given to them or what's cheap or what's easy. And that's okay. Like, I get it. Eating is a lot of work and cooking is even more work. Yeah. But man, you got to take the time to eat good because what you eat is what you are. And whatever you're putting in your body is directly breaking down on a molecular level and being rebuilt as your DNA. Okay, yeah. and uh, um, I know you. You said you've been vegan for eight months, right? Yeah, it's and been eight months now. Eight months, and what's the differences that you've noticed? Like, let's talk about the positives and the drawbacks of this. Okay, um, positives. Uh, I lost fat weight, so I leaned out incredibly. Um, and before, I had a bit of a paunch going, uh-huh. like on my gut here. Yeah, and. I've totally lost that now, and I've really uh, felt lighter because of it. Okay, I'm going to stop you there because, like, you know, if you look in nature, all, like, the animals that are mediators, let's say, you know, tigers, lions, they're all lean. Mm-hmm. When you look at the vegetarians, like the rhinos and other ones, they're big, beefy creatures. Right. So, like, I've always been under the interpretation that, you know, if you go on a strict you know, let's say vegan, vegetarian diet, that you won't end up being lean, but you end up being bigger and more buff. But you're saying in this case that you've actually lost fat? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that meat itself has fat in it. And if you eat a lot of meat, it would potentially make you gain weight. Okay. But what's probably more of a thing is butter and milk fat. Okay. And being a vegan, you cut that out as well. And I ate a lot of cheese and a lot of butter and I drank a lot of milk and I feel like those things are very fattening. Those are meant for a calf to get bigger. No, exactly. I, I always, I've always, always been under that interpretation that, you know, milk is one of those things. It's, it should be only for a young. And like right. we, we're, we're under but like... We, we eat it all the time. We eat it all the time. And I mean, personally, I don't because I've always just grown up in a culture like Pav. <laughs> milk is only for babies. It's like, you know, other mammals? Milk is for babies. Milk is for babies. They don't eat it in adulthood. And I, like, I've told Chris this too. Like, I don't drink milk. And if you see me drink milk, it's rare. Mm. Um, just because I've under been interpretation that, you know, it's not something an adult should have. But, I mean, you know, society believes you. I to agree with that, that. That, you know, bo- uh, milk leads to, you know, bones, you know, healthy, you know, your vitamin D, calcium, and all that right. stuff. But... 
I'm, I'm sure you can get it in other ways other than just milk. Absolutely. Right. The, I mean, without going on too much of a tangent, but the dairy industry in Canada here, they're very self-concerned. For sure. Their business is huge. And their whole Got Milk campaign and their whole efforts as part of Dairyland to continue to grow their own sales is all about marketing to people to drink more milk. It's not necessarily telling you the health benefits of drinking milk, which are very limited. That's true. You know, milk and cheese and butter are not really healthy foods. They're chock full that's, of nutrients, that's right. yes, but that's right. they're chock full of fat and they're chock full of hormones that are fed to the cows, possibly antibiotics, depending on where you're getting it from. I don't see it as a healthy item. Um, so whenever you're eating these things, you know, that's directly being put into your body and okay. directly turning into you right. as who you are. So going back to how microgreens is good or how any vegetables are good, these are things that are very long living, like um, highly nutrient dense foods that have low toxicity. They have right. no hormones and uh, added things in them that are byproducts of processing. Okay, but could you satisfy all your needs for nutrients and vitamins in your body just through microgreens? No, absolutely not. Because you need to eat proteins and you need to eat uh, a varied diet. To be healthy so enough. so you're saying that it would be a drawback of the microgreens is that they won't satisfy your protein needs well it's funny there's actually a lot of protein in microgreens right but you will still want to have a varied diet so when I think about space travel and people eating microgreens would they just eat microgreens no probably not but would they ever have fresh fruits and vegetables in a spaceship no probably not no Definitely not. It would be way too hard to have fresh fruits and vegetables. So it would be supplementary. This would be a way to have something that is fresh, right? is green, and is from Earth right? without actually having very much overhead or a place to grow right. it. Because likely these people are missing out on these fresh nutrients and vitamins mm -hmm. already. Yeah. So this would help provide that to sustain a longer, healthier extended period of time exactly because we can probably send up people for a couple of years no problem because i think the record right now for woman in space travel is 288 days mm -hmm. and a, this lady's going to beat the record because wow. she's been in there since 20 it's a long time 2018 and she's going she just got told she's extended until february 2020 wow and she's just orbiting earth right now so they likely have enough resources to keep food on the spaceship but it's the fact of like what's the health deficit of keeping someone up there for so long without fresh food yeah so having these microgreens it's just going to allow these vitamins to supplement your diet so you can have your normal processes of like keeping your skin integrity right keeping all making sure all your cell processes right. are working appropriately um, um yeah. does, does does like being in space affect your bone development in a way like was it like in any way increase your risk of osteoporosis at an earlier age yeah because when you're in well the problem is when you're in space you don't have gravity acting on you right so when you don't have gravity acting on you your bone isn't you're subjected to those forces and you're obviously having a lower mineral density 
and you're just going to have like bone wasting. So you need gravity to increase your bone health and whatnot. But even if you're in space and you're exercising due to like those uh, hydraulic workouts and whatnot, okay, yeah, the right. resistance training. Yeah, you still need the available nutrients to increase your bone health. Okay, right. So, Bray, I'm going to ask you this um, just to conclude. Um, so, say we set on task to land on Mars, okay? And we want to incorporate microgreens to this. What else do we need to consider in order to, you know, to the best of our knowledge, to sustain life on a planet like Mars? Mm, good question. One of the, actually, one question I have though is, so the soil from a microgreen, is it reusable? That's, it, that is, that's a good to, question. Right. To grow another batch of microgreens. Right. Yeah, so, okay, two questions here. Yeah. I'm going to answer your question first because I feel like I know the answer to this one. Yeah. Uh, yes, you can reuse the soil. Okay. Um, I personally don't because right. I'm all about keeping it sterile. So okay. I don't want any mold growth and I don't want any contaminants getting into it. Yeah. And if I take soil from my backyard, yeah. I don't know what kind of bacteria might be in that soil right and if i introduce that soil into my growing space yeah. then that could potentially be a problem right so i buy all my soil pre-packaged sterilized yeah and then i know always that i'm starting out fresh right, right i do reuse and compost what i get i take the seed trays that are used and i put them in the backyard and i compost those and i reuse them outside Right. So there is no waste. Okay. Right. On a spaceship, you could absolutely sterilize the soil or re-sterilize it. Yeah. Or you could even use no soil. You could grow it just in a tray with water. Oh, really? You don't need to have soil. The soil just acts as something for the roots to hold on hold to. Hold on to. And, I mean, it's full it of nutrients, so nutrients. It aids with the growth. But here's what you have to understand is that the growth cycle of a sprout, at its very earliest stage... All of its energy is coming from the seed. So you're telling oh. me, you, you tell me the soil has no effect at the early stages? It has very little effect. It right. does have some, it does draw some nutrients from its roots. Right, but it's nothing but major? It's doing, I, I, I don't want to throw a number out there because okay. it's not accurate, but like a majority of the nutrients are coming out of the seed itself. Okay. Right? And so that seed is turning into the plant, which you're then eating. Right, so the initial sprout is a product of the nutrients provided by the seed. Yeah. But regardless, you still need water. Yes. Right. It needs water. It needs so, water to be activated to know that it, it can start. Right. So that would that could possibly be one limiting factor on a space travel is having adequate enough water to sustain microgrowing right. in the day. Because if you're growing tons of microgreens, sure, the water is going to be in those microgreens. But then if we're eating it, it's going to become waste eventually. Well, so, yeah. So we're going to get to a point of like limitation there. Well, you can recycle the water. Yeah. So any water that's put into it, it will be recycled into the air. Yeah. Or you can dehumidify the yeah. air and then reuse that water. Right, right. Or right. whatever water's in the plant itself, then you are now excreting it, yeah. which they already have to do that in space travel. True. They don't waste that water. Yeah. Right. They reuse it. They filter it probably through reverse osmosis filters or 
Yeah. Something like that. I'm no space travel expert. Yeah. And in fact, it's just something of an idea that I think might be in the future. Yeah. Especially even beyond Mars. I think if we wanted to travel to solar systems outside of us for years at a time, maybe humans will travel through space. Yeah. Then certainly we will need to figure out a way to Not grow for sure. food for ourselves so that humans can have some semblance of a real human diet. Okay. Right. So I got to ask, um, so I, I like this whole idea of this, you know, using it for space. But, like, how come we haven't thought about this whole use of microgreens centuries ago? Good question. It's something that's just happening now. And I think people with the internet are becoming aware of how to do this and that it's even possible. And I think it's really amazing that the sharing of this knowledge within this community of the microgreens community, which is surprisingly large, actually, is quite amazing mm -hmm. um and this is something that i'll be excited to see in the next 10 years grow into something bigger sure. and better to me it's one of those things where you get so set in ways for thousands of years if like you have a seed you plant it and you wait to it until it grows into something unique mm -hmm. like you just plant a seed you see a whole bunch of sprouts your instinct isn't just to like chop it up early and then start eating it you're like oh i, got, I need to wait you want to wait it yeah you yeah, want to wait that's until true. it yeah. produces then you're like oh now i know now i actually have an actual vegetable mm -hmm. you're not just going to go start cutting it right away and like oh now it's not going to do anything after right. that yeah because you want the seeds to get it so i mean it's just like anything in science really anything in biology is like you learn afterwards once you have the technology and the fact like oh maybe we can actually study the earlier phases and get the nutrients uh -huh, like right. faster yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about getting the nutrients faster and easier yeah yeah see the interesting thing to me though is one of the things that we were talking about was the economic impact that meat has on the environment and how you were saying how meat is raised really affects the quality of it Mm -hmm. and how you have like antibiotics and all those things but you know at the end of the day it takes a lot of resources to produce a lot of like, for example let's go to cows so producing beef it takes a lot of resources mm -hmm. and land to like grain fed them and produce the land just to produce grain to feed cows is immense so it's huge yeah it's huge so do you think <laughs> microbeans is going to be able to help it could even help produce healthier meat for, for food for animals you were suggesting yeah for food for animals right. that is something i never thought about yeah and now that you say that i think it could be a possibility yeah absolutely because the reality is people are not going to stop eating meat yeah exactly people will always be wanting to eat meat as long as it's available yeah so maybe this is a way for us to more effectively grow food for animals yeah including ourselves because if it only takes one week to produce a bunch of sprouts, and you can just have you can have, you can literally stack them on top of each other. Yeah. The way you have them on shelves, you can put them in a storage container, and then you can cut them within a week. And then if it's so nutrient dense, you can imagine that the quality of beef. If you're looking at a healthy beef and they're getting nutrient dense, you're not gonna have all these fat veins running through it. Mm -hmm. I would imagine. I'm just yeah. hypothesizing here. But then if you're having cows eating these whole, like you said, they're sterile. There's no all this bacteria or these antibiotics or anything, and they're eating all these healthy grass. Like essentially, it's grass on steroids. It well, is, yeah. Let me rephrase that because it's not steroids. We're trying to stay away from steroids, <laughs> yeah. but it's like the most nutrient dense grass you can possibly have. So now you can have this 
beef that's being produced essentially the most holistic way possible. Mm -hmm. And then it's just becoming more economic. I would agree with that. And I would say like, if, if it affects animals that positively, then how will it affect humans? Right. Like, right. yeah, eating, eating the meat of the animal that ate the microgreen may end up being a way more spectacular product than us eating the microgreen itself. Well, I think us eating the microgreen itself would be the shortcut and yeah. would be the more efficient way of eating it. Me being a vegan, I definitely don't eat meat. Right. And I think that if I, if I ate meat that I would like it to be as healthy as possible. Right. And I would like the animal to be treated well. As yeah, well as possible. So it might benefit us both because I love meat. Mm -hmm. So if microgreens can benefit you in the way of getting your nutrients immediately, mm -hmm. but it can benefit that my meat is causing less of a footprint on the environment, mm -hmm. then it's a win-win at the end of the day. True. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe this is a, a ticket here to success. Maybe this is your big moment That's of right. introducing. That's right. You're maybe. waiting for it. Maybe. So for all those listeners out there who made it this far yeah. and are this interested in microgreens... <laughs> Um, you should try it yourself. I mean, it's super easy. Look it up on the internet. You can grow these things in one to two weeks and you'll have probably some of the best, most nutrient dense food that you can possibly get. And if you don't live near a farm or you don't have access to good produce, this is probably the easiest way to get fresh vegetables right in your own home. All right. Awesome. Well, Brent, thank you for coming on and talking about um, this topic with us um, and just to conclude everything do you think that microgreens should be the future or are going to be the future well maybe not for everybody but I certainly believe that for me they will be uh, but, do you, <laughs> but do you believe they're going to be like globally like incorporated like I said I think that they'll be space travels way of eating right so yeah I think in in 10,000 years from now when human beings have moved to other planets that growing microgreens will be commonplace. Mm -hmm. Everyone will know what it is and how to do it and how easy it is. Yeah. It'll be like second nature to us. Right. I really believe that. Yeah. That's so awesome. hold on people. Get yeah, ready for sure. Anyways, thank you, Ryan. And thank you, Chris, for being on the show. And <laughs> yeah, no worries. Thanks, thanks for watching. Anyways, Brayden. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I'll cut all this out anyways. <laughs>